This week on Tiger Talk, we're going to talk about LSU's problems mandating vaccines and how the LSU population has responded to that. And then we're going to talk to a columnist from the Revolu who wrote the editorial this week, Dominic Purdy. He's here right now. But first of all, we're going to break into the stories to give a little bit of context surrounding that. So one of the first stories that came out this week was regarding LSU's faculty um, and admin. They had outrage that the university did not want to mandate vaccinations. If you do not know, Louisiana is leading the country in the uh, rising COVID cases, specifically the Delta variant. Um, just not, just today, actually, news came that a federal team of doctors and nurses was was given to the biggest hospital in Louisiana to help with these rising COVID cases because there's not a lot of people getting vaccinated. It's a huge issue, especially around people, college student ages. Um, I think it's about 25% of kids our ages aren't getting vaccinated, or 25% are getting vaccinated, excuse me. Um, and so the university has been saying that they want to mandate the vaccinations for students. They really do, but they can't because of state law. And the Revely found that this is not true. There have been four other Louisiana universities that have mandated um, the vaccinations, Tulane, Loyola, Xavier, and Dillard. They all requested from the LDH, that is the Louisiana Department of Health, to, um, if they can mandate it, you know, going across state law. And the LDH said within hours, emailed them back and said, yes, you guys can mandate it. LSU said that they did request this. They said they requested this on the 12th. There was a board meeting where they're like, we're going to send this request. This was found to not be true. The Reveille reported uh, on the 27th, uh, they actually sent the request after the, the article came out from the Reveille regarding this. And then to follow up with that, there was the LSU administration had, there was a faculty forum about the vaccine concerns, about, about the incoming school year, which is about to start in probably two, two three weeks, two weeks from when this podcast is released. There was, there was a, a forum held regarding what is going to happen on campus because a lot of students and a lot a lot of faculty members are kind of concerned about being in classrooms with unvaccinated students. Um, and so President Tate held a forum basically presenting both sides of the issue, talking about LSU needs to respect each individual's choices. Obviously, there's some individuals, and these are the ones that are going to be vaccinated, that believe that everyone should get vaccinated for the public safety. There are others who are applying their own mitigation strategy, quoting directly from Tate, who are saying that, yes, they think that the COVID is dangerous, but also the vaccine may also be dangerous, and so they don't want to put that into their body. This is really the, when you get down to the bare bones of the debate, and this is, this is kind of where it starts. And so this faculty forum was held um, held by the university, really, where the faculty presented their issues. A lot of professors were saying that they only wanted to be online. They didn't feel comfortable being with students who were unvaccinated in classrooms. It's really a big health concern for them. And LSU basically said there's nothing they can do about it, um, that they're going to they're gonna try to keep everybody as safe as possible as they can. The classes are still gonna, aren't going to keep going. Tate did say he was going to come to a decision on the exact measures that are going to be in place for the fall semester. That has not came out yet. We're hoping it comes out in the next couple days, and that will be updated on the Reveille. And then the last article regarding this from the Reveille was covered, um, basically saying that the universities that did request the mandate vaccinations, they got improved within hours. All it took was a quick email. Um, specifically, it took less than 12 hours. Loyola sent theirs at about 2 p.m. and got and got uh, an email back at 8 p.m. saying they can mandate it. So it really kind of shows how simple the process is and how simple it could be for the LSU to require these vaccinations. So basically, this all cultivated in an editorial from the Reveille, from the Reveille's editorial board, the headline being, LSU's legal qualms, political fears won't protect campus from deadly virus. 
Right now, I'm joined by Dominic Purdy. He is a formerly an opinion writer for the LSU Reveille in the summer. He's switching over to news in the fall, but he did work on this column. So how are you today, Dominic? I'm doing good, Nick. Thank you. So when did you start working on this editorial? What, and what, what made you want to start working on this, this piece? So about, I'd say, Wednesday last week, our, editor, or our editor-in-chief, Reed, approached us and said, hey, we have this story that's about to break within the next few hours, and we want to get an a editorial board out to discuss it by publishing for Monday. So we were given the weekend, or we were given the rest of the week and the weekend to use the report that was conf- that was uh, filed and all the other information that was available to us through all the sources, through um, various other uh, outlets and the Rev, and we were told, give your thoughts on it and ultimatum to the university. And, and you're saying we, who, who else is included in writing this? This is, the editorial board consisted of um, you, Nick, uh, our editor-in-chief, Reed, and Claire Sullivan, who is my other opinion columnist for the summer, and me and her wrote this over the weekend, and we were very interested in making it less of a hey, here's what you should do, university, more of a, you messed up and now people are going to get hurt. So really, when you, when you, when you started this, and, I, and let's talk about the writing process. Basically, did you guys divvy it up right down the middle or did you guys work together, you know, graph by graph? How did that, how did that work? No, so what happened was, so uh, over the week, I was just meditating on it, just like uh, thinking about it and... Claire put together a lot of research, like compiled all the uh, all the documents and all the reports that were put out. And on, I believe it was the Friday night or Saturday night, we sat down together on a phone about an hour and a half, two hours, just going bit by bit, just saying, okay, what do we want to convey here? How do we want to put this forward? Does this work? Does this not? And kind of getting toward the end of it, we wanted to make it clear that this is a plea from students, from students, staff, everyone involved in LSU and the community to hold them, hold the administration who let this happen accountable. And so, and so you mean accountable, do you mean accountable for student safety or like what actions would you want from the university? Ideally, just from, just from your point of view. Ideally, I would have wanted vaccine mandate a month ago or whenever we could have had it because if tomorrow the administration announces they're going to do a vaccine mandate no one's going to be vaccinated fully in time by the schools by the time school year starts so what i want is them to own up to their mis- their mistake they made and instead of saying oh no we intended to but we couldn't and going to the attorney general and stuff say well, this was a political move. We were making it for political choices. Instead, they said they couldn't, and when in reality they could. And it's it's a betrayal of the trust that students should have in their administration. And so why, why do you think the university is reluctant to mandate vac- vaccinations? 
if I'm being honest, I think it's because of a political pressure from in the South. There's a, it's a large coalition of people that don't want to get the vaccine, think it's against personal liberties. And a lot of them, including some family members of mine and some friends that I have, are against it because personal freedoms, personal liberties, and that's all fine and good. But when it comes to the public safety, I don't think you should mince words and say, oh, this might not be safe for me. The immediate danger is not what's the aftermath of vaccine. The immediate danger is people are dying of a new strain, including one of my friends. She was hospitalized or no, she wasn't hospitalized. She was quarantined because she got COVID, the Delta variant, and she was already vaccinated. So this isn't safe. Like, it's not safe for if you have a vaccine. So it's not a, one person getting it's not going to solve anything. You have to get herd immunity. And the only way to do that is to mandate it since only 30% of us have gotten it. And it's very readily available. Thankfully, in our country, we have access to it, unlike certain other countries. Certain other places are just now starting to get vaccines. But we've had it for since about March and... We still have very low numbers compared to what it should be. And the issue that I have with the people that you know are saying don't get the vaccine because it, it might be harmful to you is kind of kind of like the logic of, yeah, if you know you could get the vaccine, you could still get it, and you could you know you could you could still get hurt, you know, but it reduces the chances. It's it, that'd be like saying I'm not gonna wear a seatbelt because you know I know someone who wore a seatbelt once and got in a car accident and still died. Like it's yeah. it's it's there to 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 improve the safety and to to reduce the the risk. Um, and so, and so in this, in this political, and the, let me just say the wording, you know, is, 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 is excellent. And you guys really attack the university. or not really attacked, but just, just expose the university for the, for the lying. Um, and like you guys said, it's at a pivotal time for the university when you would think that they would be wanting to earn the trust of students back after losing it a year of the, the Title IX allegations. Um, so going on from here, what, what do you think the university can do? Because like you said, it's too late to mandate it. Or it's not too late, but it's too late to mandate it, and you know students have it in turn in time to for the university or for the semester to start. So, w- what would you want, you know, from here? What do you think they can do to get the students' safety or and trust back? I think to get their trust back, they need to one come clean about this and take accountability and say, "Hey, look, we did this. Like we could have done it, but we didn't. But going forward, we're going to try to make the right choices, and these right choices would be." They're still planning on keeping the mask mandate in check. They're still planning on keeping social distancing and all this good stuff. But if they really care about student public safety and the safety of the Baton Rouge community, which is being detrimentally affected by these uh, this new Delta variant, they're going to look into postponing or canceling in, in attendance football games because – that's the last thing this university needs. A hundred thousand people, statistically, what is it? A third of them aren't vac or are vaccinated. Yeah, I think if it's a hundred thousand, you would do. Yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe a little less than a third. Maybe, you know, because I think they're saying like twenty, twenty-five percent of eighteen yeah. to twenty-year-olds are vaccinated. Um, so, what, what do you think that says about you know the newly appointed president Tate and you know the relationship? Because uh, he he was stressing the transparency, and that's what he wants between the administration and the students. So, do you think maybe maybe he hasn't been in office long enough to really have to have a um, a position on this, or wh- where where do you stand on that? Uh, a position on 
the where, where do you where do you stand on the accountability of William Tate in, in in how the university is responding to this? I think it's it's very two faced because one him being an epi- epidemiologist he should know better he should know hey we have to prioritize public safety but he seems like he's not taking that into account and it seems like he's choosing to save face he's like he saw what happened with the aftermath of title nine and he said okay i we need to make sure this is like transparency is top order so if transparency was truly like utmost they would have come out and said hey guys we know that we could have gotten the mandate put in place but we didn't because of blank but instead we had to wait for the um the revelry to break the story and to break the story they have to respond and that's kind of been the issue you know in the past too of title nine is that would there even have been any consequences or anything done about what happened if there hadn't been if it hadn't been in public light you know it seems like the university is continually doing wrong until it's brought to light and then, and then they you know apologize for it afterwards and then it kind of gets swept under the rug um, I, I, I would just like to note that President Tate was on the podcast um, the previous episode, and he did recommend that all students get vaccinated. So it kind of makes you wonder about what else is happening in, in the upper administration that is you know, not allowing him to mandate it. Because we, we just remember there is a board of supervisors that is you know, overseeing President Tate. And obviously it is, it is in his first month, now his second month, um, being president. So maybe he doesn't want to rock the boat too much. He is an outsider coming to Louisiana. He's probably trying to build a relationship with you know, the, the, with with important figures in Louisiana, especially in the political sphere, and so like you said, that that pressure from you know the, the right wing um, of the political side of not wanting to mandate vaccinations. That's definitely it's definitely could be a big issue. So, do you also think the issue is that kids our age just don't want to get vaccinated, and they they're not going to until they're forced to? I'd say that's hard to say because, at least my sphere of people that I've interacted with, and a lot of the people that I've talked to they've gotten the vaccine and they've been very, they were on top of it. Like me and all my roommates got the vaccine within a month of it being available to us. And I've noticed that a lot of the people that I run with, like my circle of friends and the people that I'm talk to on a daily basis, they have gotten the vaccine and they weren't hesitant. They were, they chose to willingly, but I don't know if this is something that other people believe should be done. Obviously, it's not. Obviously, me and my friends and my um, colleagues are in the minority because we're in the 30%. We're in the 25%. But I've noticed a couple other people I've talked to, they said, no, I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm safe. Or I'm not getting the vaccine. I don't need to. Which I think is it's a very selfish thing to say because it's not about protecting one person. It's about protecting everyone around you. And what if you can't get the the people that can't get the vaccine coming into LSU that are allergic to it, like genuinely have a medical excuse there, they should be. And most, most of the time are the most fervent about people getting vaccinated and vaccine mandates. And so looking right now, so school is scheduled to start, you know, exactly three weeks from today. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we're going to start having people probably move in probably starting this week and the next week. Um, thousands of students starting to flood Baton Rouge. Um, and, it, you know, it's kind of a scary thought knowing that, you know, the, the, the rates are going up. The hospital in Baton Rouge is flooded right now. They, they have federal workers coming to help them. And you have thousands of these unvaccinated students coming in. 
how accountable will the university be if campus has to close down again because of you know a, a, of, a, of a huge rate of cases on on campus of students? How how accountable are they, or do you think it's on the students for not getting va- for not getting vaccinated? I think it's on the campus. It's on the university because it does. It's not up to like if they're told not not to get vaccinated. A lot of times, it's not up to them. A lot of times, these people coming into like a lot of the freshmen are. They've lived at home their entire lives. They are, they haven't left home. They haven't really been able to make choices on their own. So they've been at the whim of parents sometimes. So it wasn't up to them to come to school unvaccinated. But the university, if they mandate it, forces everyone to get the vaccine and forces everyone to come to, come to the campus and be as safe as, as possible. And if they don't take the right precautions, like say what I mentioned earlier, if they don't do something about football games because those are super spreader events. And a lot of the people that statistically, like I said, it's going to be a hotbed for COVID. It's going to be a hotbed in Baton Rouge. And it's not, it's not just going to affect students. It's going to affect whoever comes here. It's going to affect them when they go home, their families, and it's going to affect local businesses around here. And it's going to affect everyone who, is taking pr- proper precautions, but these people that decide, hey, let's come in here, let's go to the football game, let's not wear masks, let's come not vaccinated, it's going to be on them, and it's also going to be on the university for allowing that. So the university needs to take action and say, maybe mask mandates aren't enough, maybe social distancing is, isn't enough, because the, I think the last thing the university wants right now is another scandal, which... Another scandal would be the university has to shut down because COVID cases aren't a rise and they actively chose not to take the precautions. And, and another another aspect of it that you know I just want to touch on for a second is is that you know a lot a lot of these services provided by LSU like I, I know that you know um, the parking services they lost a lot of money last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. students weren't you know students weren't you know they didn't need parking there you know it was all online. Um, you know, they're, they're not getting money from the football games last year because not as many people were going. So it kind of brings in a question of if they don't cancel the football games or they keep them at 100 percent capacity, are they only doing that, you know, for the for the moneymaker? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it a risk versus reward type of situation? Um, something you really you really got to think about, especially as, as it says here, you know, the positivity case rate in Baton Rouge skyrocketed at 14 percent which is, you know, is almost three times what is allowed to have bars, the bars open, the restaurants, and the, and the full-capacity games. One element of this that I want to touch on, which is all affecting us in the studio right here, is our college experience. You know, I, I'm going to my junior year. I think you, you are too, right, Dominic? Yeah. So, you know, and most of it we spent in, in, in some sort of quarantine, at least since the end of our freshman or, you know, at the end of our freshman year, our freshman semester. And so it's kind of a question of how much time are we going to spend, you know, not having normal college experience and that's 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 an issue which i think the incoming freshman class they are high school seniors who missed out most of their high school senior year they want that college experience um i think they're going to come here they're most of them probably going to come unvaccinated and they're going to you know go wild like lsu freshmen do in the first couple weeks you here they're going to go to Tigerland. they're going to go to all the bars they're going to have fun and we are going to have a huge rate of covid cases and i feel like the university is going to say what happened? Why, why aren't you guys vaccinated? They're going to act surprised. They're going to act like they're not accountable. Uh, I'm calling it now. I feel like that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I don't see 
any other way it, it can't, you know, because the freshmen have to be in the dorm and in the dorms, you know, it's required. So, and to me, those are landlocked cruise ships. Like it's, it's, it's literally just hundreds of students who are probably going to be unvaccinated. And you've been in the freshman dorm rooms yeah, or, you know, they're, they're, they're disgusting. No, nobody, nobody takes care of themselves in the dorm rooms. So it's just, it's just going to be COVID spreading over and over again. Now I, I feel like we're going to see another campus shutdown, which is, it's going to be really unfortunate. And I, I think what you mentioned, campus shutdown, it's going to be different than last time because other universities will be open. Other uni- people are going to look at other universities and say, oh, look at that. Why, why aren't we allowed to have that? And all fingers are going to point to uni- the university administration. And you can't blame like incoming freshmen for wanting to have a college experience because they want to. Yeah. But if they're not made, kids are stupid. We're stupid. Everyone's everyone in college. That's why they're kids. Yeah, they're still learning, and they're not gonna. There's a lot of them are selfish. A lot, not a lot of them are gonna be like, well, I need. I don't need to go get the vaccine because whatever reason. And unless they're made to, because they're rebellious and they're all this, unless they're made to, nothing's gonna change. So, unless the university wants the bad PR of the headline from the Reveille, which. I can already see now saying LSU shut down university at fault. I think they need to actively do something. They need to actively implement changes or they're going to have a third controversy in the next few, few months. I, I just want to go to, and I'm, I'm reading this specifically from comments from the LSU's Reveille. And we know there was, we did a couple of stories regarding the vaccine. This is, I'm not going to say the name, but this student said, if you do this, be prepared to face the consequences of ton of, of a tons of students transferring. And yes, if this is done, campus should look like a normal year. He's talking about, this, you know, that are mandated, this should be a normal year. But he's saying if, if it is mandated, a bunch of students are going to transfer. Do you think that's true? Do you, do you, do you think there's any, because honestly, I don't, I, I, I think if kids are lazy enough, to not go get a vaccine, they're definitely too lazy to transfer entire, you know, they're, they're, I, I don't believe there's any merit to that. I, I don't view, like, if, if you think transferring to another university, whatever university you go to, I think it's a matter of when, not if, for vaccination, or for mandatory vaccinations, because eventually people are going to be like, okay, we can't keep going on like this. We can't keep spinning our wheels because I think if we keep doing this, we won't have a, um, we will be going online again and we will be going back. And I think threatening, Oh, we're, we're going to transfer. We're going to transfer. Most of the people are coming here simply because it's LSU. No one's coming. Like a lot of people are coming here because, Oh, I want to be part of the LSU environment. So where are you going to go? Are you going to leave and go somewhere? Like you're going to go to Alabama you're probably not because you're you you seem like the kind of person that comes to LSU purely for LSU and the fact that it's a party school sometimes. So I and I I was I'm just gonna break into this real quick. So there I have heard from two sources that were at a board of regents meeting and they have heard from LSU that once the vaccine is FDA approved because right now the vaccine isn't fully FDA approved. It's on an emergency use um you know order as soon as it's fully fda approved they're gonna they're gonna mandate it fully so i, I think they're waiting for that right now mm-hmm. the Reveille had we haven't reported on that yet so it's it's kind of breaking right here that that's happening um so what that's kind of on the legality of it because right now lsu doesn't want to break state law by mandating the vaccine or so they say but as we know because of what the Reveille has reported and has been reporting a couple other um, news organizations 
that's not true. That you you can do it. You all you have to do is request you know permission from the Louisiana Health Department, and that and it, it is, they have failed to do that. Um, so so basically, yeah, we're waiting for the FDA to fully to fully approve it. So in in closing remarks regarding this issue, what would you say? to to the people on the on, on the brink of maybe getting the vaccine maybe not getting the vaccine because i you know this is an argument that i've heard some students are if i get the vaccine it's not going to change anything you know i'm just one person it's not gonna it's not gonna stop everybody else from not getting the vaccine so why should i go through the trouble of getting it going on that mindset that mindset saying oh just because i won't be affected doesn't mean i should or just because i get it doesn't mean everybody else will well if everybody thinks like that nothing's going to change because if everybody thinks, Oh, if I get the vaccine, everything's going to, nothing's going to change because I'm one person. Well, one person times a couple thousand, that's an entire population. So I don't think that individual mentality is something we should take, especially with public health. And one thing that you mentioned where it's like, Oh, it's going to get FDA approval. People are going to take that FDA approval and say, well, the FDA approves a lot of things. They approve a lot of things that don't work. They approve a lot of things that are not beneficial. So they're going to use it as, or a, a small subsect of people are going to use it as, well, I don't care that it's FDA approved. I'm not putting it in my body because blank, blank, blank. They just want an excuse not to do it. And once it gets FDA approved, there will be no excuse because the amount of cases that show a detrimental effect to the vaccine they're either semi-related or they're in such small numbers that it's not even sufficient data like the whole Pfizer or the whole um J&J um uh, recall it was eight people out of the millions of doses served that's still something that people are quoting as well see it's not safe and all this so I think that in closing, I think the university needs to either implement the vaccine mandate as soon as possible or don't be surprised when campus shuts down and when all the fingers point to you that this will be if this if campus shuts down, this will be the I'll have only had me and you will only have had one real semester at LSU, one full real semester at LSU because all the others were are like turned upside down by covid and i don't think that's something that i want to say i had like i want to say my college experience was a good one not a nightmare because the administration made it worse i like i'm gonna i'm probably gonna see people at tulane and loyola and dillard and xavier enjoying their college experience going to classes full of classes going to football games and stuff but we might not have that because the university decided well, our optics are a bit better, like our optics are a bit more important than our students' health, which what we ended the column with is they lied, they were caught in a lie, and we want to ask the university and the administration from the past presidency and current presidency, was it worth it? Was the lie that you told to keep us from getting a vaccine mandate worth it? And, you know, that's that's something we're going to have to find out in the coming months, unfortunately. But, Dominic, I thank you for coming to talk to me on the podcast about the editorial. Um, up next, we're going to talk about some breaking news. It's not, it, 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 actually, the first time this was mentioned was back in the 1930s. It was found out an LSU professor specifically 
Andrew Sloyder, geography professor at LSU, is saying that the Student Health Center, um, which is right next to the Enchanted Forest, if you don't know, well, most LSU students are going to know what I'm talking about, is built on top of a plantation cemetery for enslaved workers. Um, so a couple months ago, reports of slave temp cemeteries on campuses across at multiple Southern universities materialized. Um, and Professor Sloyder was like, that's probably this, that probably could be true for the Baton Rouge campus. So he started... He started looking for records of this, and he actually sent an intern out to the Hill Memorial Library to search through old Reveille articles to see if there's any mention of, you know, bones being found or a cemetery on campus. And he stumbled across a 1938 June, uh, which would make it the, you know, the summer Reveille article regarding how when workers were digging, digging construction holes for the Student Health Center, they came across three graves. And, you know, with these records... He, he, he started placing about when the dates could happen, when these uh, bones could be from. And while he doesn't have the actual bones, he just has pictures of them, he theorizes that these could be early um, 1900s to late 1800s. So we're talking anywhere from 1770 to the late 1890s is when these graves could have been made, according to uh, Professor Sloiter. And so this the cemetery is directly underneath the Student Health Center. You can actually see a good map of it on the website of, you know, go to LSU Reveille and read the story. And there's a, there's a great graphic showing where the cemetery is. It's actually right next to the Enchanted Forest, kind of kind of the Greek theater, music and dramatic, dramatic arts area. Um, and it's it's really incredible to think about because, you know, if you walk over that area, it's there, there, there's no recognition that there was this this entire history of campus it's just it's just you know currently lsu campus it's all students know i certainly did not know that lsu campus was um plantations before before it was bought by the university in 1918 um and so we got a, we got a clip from the interview i had with professor Sloiter, um he, and he's, and he's kind of reminiscing on, on that fact and that maybe the university should maybe build a memorial here to recognize the you know the cemetery or just just the history of of the campus they knew about it, and there's no memorial here, which, okay, that's, I think that'd be helpful to have a memorial here saying, you know, we don't know much, but this used to be a cemetery, yeah. and people were buried here, mm -hmm. kind of help everyone uh, become more aware of kind of the history of this place. It didn't just, you know, university campus materialize out of nothing. Mm -hmm. um. And so with that clip, that's going to conclude my time as the host of Tiger Talk. I'm Nick Fruin. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at It's Nick Fruin. Um, I, I'm going to be moving to entertainment. I'm not going to be in news anymore, so I'll be writing about music in the next semester. Um, we're going to actually have a new Tiger Talk host starting in the fall. His name is also Nick. He also works at the Reveille, so we could start a little informal rule that you have to be named Nick to be the host here. I want to give a huge shout-out to David from KLSU and all of KLSU, really, for providing us with the studio to do this podcast. Um, he has been a huge help in the production-wise and just, just really helped me. At one point, he helped me figure out how to put the headphones on in the very first episode. So huge shout-out to him for that. And so with that, this has been the Summer Swan Song. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out. Um, I hope everyone had a great summer. And this has been Nick Bruin.